there! Welcome to episode 12 of Pixel Heart Duo. We talk about gaming stuff here. We talk about fun things from a couple's perspective. Why? Because Why not? Because we're, we're a couple. As always, <laughs> I am Frick. And I am Fox. She's Fox. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. Like, we... we talked about yakuza previously i was playing yakuza zero this week i just watched aquaman 2 with my son spoiler alert it's got aquaman in it um i don't know it was okay i'm i'm not a huge dc fan but um dc movie fan comics are a different story but yeah so animated movies are great animated movies that's where dc kind of kicks the crap out of every other comic cinematic universe but yeah so but well tonight tonight like i said it's episode 12 um so in the spirit of tv and movies and whatnot we are going to be discussing games that bet on the brand name and won and what we mean by that is games that are based on movies and tv series and uh you know there are a lot of crap ones out there for those of you who are old enough to know about the old E.T. Atari game, utter garbage, like hilariously bad, cult following bad, um, we are not going to be covering that. We're going to be covering some of the, the more new releases. Two movies, two TV shows. We've all seen it go from video game to movie. We've been inundated with that, with the... Detective Pikachu and the Sonic and this and that. So it'll be interesting to talk about it going the other way, movie to game. And it's funny too because oftentimes, like movies to games or TV series to games, do goes a lot better historically than games to movies. All you got to do is like look at the Mario Brothers movie with the Goombas and like King Koopa being a dennis hopper like come on but they've gotten a lot better you brought up some good ones detective pikachu is fantastic as a nintendo fanboy i love that sonic was great one and two i love jim carrey as, as eggman as dr robotnik so um but yeah so tonight we're going to be covering some games based on movies and tv series that really kind of pushed their chips to the table um and excelled the first game we're going to talk about um, critics didn't really give it high scores. Um, they were kind of split on it in terms of if it was a good game or not. Uh, the general consensus was that although it was buggy, once you got past that, it really kind of built on that teamwork philosophy, um, a la like Dead by Daylight and that sort of stuff. And the first game we're going to talk about is Friday the 13th, the game. It released on PC. PS4, Xbox One, and Switch? Like, Nintendo's not known for gory graphics, but it did have a Switch release in 2019. But originally, it was a 2017 asymmetrical survivor horror game developed by Ilphonic and published by Gun Media. It's based on the Friday the 13th movie franchise. Like I said, it was released in 2017 as a digital release, and it was later released as a physical release for PS4 and Xbox One. A Switch version was released in August of 2019. Friday the 13th, the game pits up to seven players controlling Camp Crystal Lake counselors against one another 
uh, or against one player controlling Jason Voorhees. It's a semi-open world game with players able to explore it further. Now, due to licensing issues with franchise creator Victor Miller, the game servers were shut down at the end of 2020 in November. However, the game is still available to play online through peer-to-peer -peer matchmaking. The game was delisted at the end of 2023 due to the license expiring. However, the game will continue to function normally for those already owning it up until at least December 31st, 2024. Now, I personally did not get into this game, but I had friends who did. Um, my buddy Nate from uh, up here in Fort Collins before he moved back home was rabid about this game. And I had tons of friends who just went bananas over this game. And it was like, you know, it's kind of cool because Dead by Daylight is like four survivors, one psycho serial killer. And, you know, it's fun. I like playing Dead by Daylight. Might play it again from time to time. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I used to stream it, but like Friday the Thirteenth is a, is a one v seven. It's that much cooler. Like, and it's based on, you know, the Friday the Thirteenth movie series. Now I said critics did kind of pan it and say, hey, it's not very good. Like, you know, what what are we doing here? Like, nah. In fact, um, <clears throat> it received mixed or average reviews. Um, you know, it did receive a. A 65 out of 100 on Metacritic um, but you know some of the reviewers from like Destructoid Game Revolution said there aren't many games that offer a camaraderie aspect to this viral horror genre and Friday the 13th delivers in that regard it can certainly use a lot more fine-tuning and adjustments but for now it delivers on a solid campy experience and like I said I personally didn't play it I watched a lot of friends play it um, I kind of like got into it and being a child of the 80s and 90s, I know very well about Friday the 13th. So it's kind of a, an example of critics not really liking a game, yet it still being a hit with the gaming population. So that's kind of cool as our first title. So I tend to I, I tend to avoid the hack and slash movies. Um, I have a little bit of a violence, like low ceiling tolerance. Um, watch some gameplay. It's, this one is probably a little too intense for me. A uh, couple of things that I um, that did catch my attention though is because there are eight players. Um, most people are like really gunning to play Jason Voorhees. Like, you know, that's 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 the dude that everybody wants to play. That's that's the fun one. You know, it's like playing tag and you're it, right? Um but uh with eight people you so you basically have like twelve point five percent chance of being Jason. Um so that means you spend eighty 7.5% of your time running around as an annoying teenager. So, so that's that. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, I definitely can see the appeal of it. Uh, just probably going to steer away from it simply because it's a little, um, they do have some rather graphic cutscenes. Um, and, you know, I mean, for some, they're going to hear that and they're going to be like, ooh, sign me up. How, how do I get my hands on a vintage copy 
um, because you're not going to buy, be able to buy it brand new at all anywhere. <laughs> um, so, you know, if you're, if you're looking for something to pick up for the next eight months until they kill it, like really kill it. And it is at least until December. So they could, the servers could stay online past that. But yeah, officially they're saying December 31st because of the fact that the licensing expired due to Victor Miller saying, hey, uh-uh, like I didn't sign off on this, but you never know. I mean, the gaming, the gaming sphere is, is an interesting universe. My, my dog um, concurs with everything you just said, so she's letting her her opinion be known her pitiful opinion oh, poor 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 bubber <laughs> um so the next game you know i'm just going to stop listening to critics because they annoy me like everything that i watch and i'm like actually that's like a lot of fun like they'll they'll come through and be like oh it's it's terrible. The gameplay is it's clunky. Anyway, the next game is actually based on one of my favorite movie franchises. Um, is John Wick, and no, I'm not. Okay, I might be a little bit of a Keanu Reeves fangirl, but you know, are we all though? Uh, I'm not trying to toss my hat in with that, you know. <laughs> that stereotype but I don't I, I yeah I think I I I don't know anybody that's like oh that that Keanu Reeves guy he's just such a douche like I don't even know anybody would ever say that like anyway but <laughs> John Wick Hex um available on uh, Mac uh, PC PlayStation, Xbox One, and Switch is a um, 2019 tactical role-playing game developed by Thistle Games and published by Good Shepherd Entertainment based on the John Wick franchise. John Wick Hex is a timeline strategy game with elements of resource management where the player maneuvers the title character through a level on a hex-based grid using various moves and actions to defeat enemies and avoid being hit by its foes. John Wick Hex receives average reviews. Uh, aggregating review websites Metacritic gave the game 74 out of 100. Like I said, I don't care. Based on 53 reviews. However, this is its comeuppance. It won Best Strategy Game at the 2019 Game Critics Award and received another six nominations across three gaming award shows. So take that, Metacritic. I don't care. Uh, Metacritic scores PC 74 out of 100. PS4 78 out of 100. Switch 73 out of 100. Xbox One 70 out of 100. Um, as far as I can, I'm concerned, like, like I said, I don't care. So some of the big um, complaints about the game is, number one, Keanu Reeves' voiceover is um, suspiciously missing, but he's not the one telling the stories. So, 
you actually, it's actually fitting that you don't hear from him at all because he's not the one guiding the story. Um, this game, John Wick Hex, actually predates the movie series. So this is before he actually, before he meets his wife when he is actually still in the assassin's realm world um, thing. And uh, I believe it, the basis is Winston gets kidnapped and John Wick is coming in to save him. Um, so what does it mean? This actually introduced a new style of game to me that I was not familiar with. And I actually find it rather appealing. The whole timeline strategy game thing. It's not, not quite like, you know, turn-based. Basically, you can um, plot out how you move and what actions you take, and um, it'll tell you how long it's going, it'll take to do it, and your success rate. So you can, you know, choose different maneuvers, like, oh, I don't want to go that way, I'd rather go this way, this, you know... Uh, if I shoot from here, I only have a 50% chance. If I move up a little bit and shoot from there, it increases, you know, a hit of 80%, you know, that kind of thing. And I actually found that really intriguing. Um, the, I, like I said, one of the big um, complaints of it is that it wasn't fast-paced. Like, people were expecting, like, a fast-paced game, like, you know, like the movies, you know, kind of thing, you know, an, an action game. And it, it's it's slower than that, like the gameplay of it. But I don't know. I I am actually intrigued by this timeline strategy um, genre. And I think I'm going to give it a, a go because I, I quite liked it. What did you think? Yeah, and I mean, it, it's interesting because the game kind of snuck up on me. Like, I... I... I was like, like when I first read it, I read it as Jonah Hex, and I was like, that was a garbage tier movie. Like, what? Like, the comic was good, but like, and then I was like, John Wick Hex, huh? And so, like, when I actually did some more research into it, it's like Braid meets XCOM. It's like really interesting, set in the John Wick universe, you know? Like, you, you set in commands and you watch it play out, and it increases or decreases your percent, you know, hit percentage or like success rate based on, you know, the choices you make or like the distances you cover or like, and so it's, it's really interesting, but um, yeah, I mean, critics can only take you so far. Obviously, you know, we all watch the Oscars. We all watch, you know, we used to do E3 and we used to do the, you know, the VD, VGN awards and all that stuff. And, you know, it's just critics are great, but like, I kind of stopped paying attention to them back when I was playing Heroes of the Storm competitively, and IGN gave it a 6.5 out of 10, and I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, all these other people, all these other review sites are giving it, like, 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10. I'm like, and, like, just random stuff. But, you know, it, it's one of those where, like, even the, the, the review scores on, like, Metacritic, usually 70 is an okay game. 75, you're getting, like, pretty good um, you know, you'll generally see really good reviews. And across the four release platforms, only PS4 did it break that 75 out of 100. It got a 78 out of 100. Barely missed it on PC, 74. Um, it actually had the lowest review score on Xbox One. Um, and usually Microsoft has pretty solid releases. So it's interesting that it got the low. It got even lower than, than Switch, which 
although it is a quote-unquote current-gen console, it does lag behind, you know, the, the PlayStation and, the, and the, the Xbox. So it's interesting that the Switch got a higher review score than Xbox One. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I might give it a shot. Like I said, I just got into Yakuza, and there's, like, you know, 46 of them. So I'm trying to, like kind of play them in chronological order i'll have to add it to the backlog it's maybe this is something that we'll like have to collaborate and play together start to finish um i know it's not a super long game but you know when time is at a premium as a working adult it it's kind of tough to stack games on top of each other what did you think about the art style i liked it 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 was very reminiscent of like the Telltale style, like cell shading. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like you see in like the Wolf Among Us and like the Batman series. It's like it's similar to that, and that it's like not super graphic, like dark, like you would think. Like John Wick, you see the movies where like yes, there's vibrance with like the cars and like the taxi scene, and you know the water and the the you know the bathhouse. It was it was it was very like I liked the art style a lot. I liked how like colorful yet still dark it was. Um, you know, it definitely was almost like comic booky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I liked the decision they made to go that route. Um, you know, it was it was a really good, really good art style, and it, it did catch my attention. Um, I'll definitely have to add it to the list of games to play in the future because, like I said, when I was doing research for this episode, I was like, "What the heck is this?" Like, it actually won awards. Okay, it got nominated. Like, maybe I should be paying attention, but you know whatever gamers we only we can only our field of vision is only so wide sometimes but yeah so anyways those are two movie titles we could spend hours going over all of the movie titles um we just wanted to pick two that were a little bit more obscure that that people might not have known about or you know didn't give a chance um there's also been some really good game releases based on tv series now, those of you who have been listening for the last 11 episodes know we live in Colorado. Colorado is synonymous with a certain realistic-ish TV series, and they had a couple um, recent... Fairly accurate Sometimes, TV. yes. And I'm not talking about The Simpsons. Um, <laughs> no, and so they, they actually had a couple recent. Now, the first game was done back on Nintendo 64. Um, these two games, the one we're going to talk about right now, is actually a sequel to the first one. And this game is South Park, The Fractured But Whole. And yes, I said that on purpose because it is the South Park, The Fractured But Whole. It is on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. It received a release across the four major platforms. It was released in October of 2017, and it is a role-playing game that is the sequel to 2014's South Park, The Stick of Truth, a much less funny name. And it takes place one day after the events of the previous title. It follows the new kid who has recently moved to South Park and becomes involved in an epic role-playing involving two rival superhero factions vying to create their own superhero media franchises. The superhero's game unintentionally uncovers a conspiracy to raise crime in the town, bringing them into conflict with supervillains, genetically engineered monsters, the police crime families, and the new kingpin of crime. The Fractured But Whole received positive reviews from critics. Review aggregator website Metacritic provides a consensus generally favor reviews for 
all versions, EGM ranked the game 12th on their list of 25 best games of 2017, and it was named the best role-playing game at E3 that year, rest in peace E3, by both MCV and IGN. The newest title, South Park Snow, is open for pre-orders. Now, I'm not totally sure if it is a sequel to the sequel to the original, but you know we'll have to see if it's half as good. Um, I will say, like I said, that Metacritic floor of being like a good game is 75 out of 100. Every single release got at least a 79. Switch, Xbox One, and PC all placed. 80 or higher. It's, it is a really good game. I did not finish this game. I, I finished The Stick of Truth. I did not finish The Fractured But Whole. And uh, it, <laughs> it, it was a good game. I mean, it's a South Park game. And what was really refreshing about it is in The Stick of Truth, they rehashed a lot of the same like gags and comic bits and like like style of comedy that the show did, just to kind of build it up. Um, you know, in the sequel... <clears throat> they relied on new humor. It was fresh, but it was still South Park, you know, and there's a lot of South Park episodes where, you know, they're like pretending and, you know, it, it's just like, um, you know, and, and they kind of played into that with, with this game. And so it was really cool. And I mean, it was really well received by both critics and users. So something I'm probably gonna have to go back and finish it just because, I, it got lost in my backlog of games, and then I was like, oh yeah, I didn't finish that. I should probably finish it, because it was a really fun game. I just, you know, life got in the way, so. I feel like they did a really good job of you know, um, bringing into that South Park humor, you know, Killing Kenny is funny all over again, and um, and all that. They, they stayed true, Um to what everybody loves about South Park. Um, and on top of it, which in and of itself is a really good sell, obviously, because I used to work for a very popular Chinese food chain that they reference often. Um, so, of course, you know, I fell in love with it way back then when they were making fun of us. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, so that in and of itself is, is, is a win, but the fact that it's actually a really solid RPG, like it's actually a lot of fun. Um, the gameplay of it, you know, draws you in and, you know, but, but it's all like really, it's, it's just done really well. I, I... Don't I can't say that there's a single thing that I'm like, mm, but I wish they would have. Eh. But that's probably because of how much I love the show. So and the art style <laughs> is like you are playing an episode of South Park. Like there yeah. is no difference. It's like you were just dropped in an episode. It's it's really good art style too. I have to agree with all of that. So also um. Uh, too enthusiastic thumbs up for me for South Park the fractured butt hole um there's no yeah. way there's no way to break it up you like like even if you pause the 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 human brain hears butthole like there's nothing like there's <laughs> nothing you could do like you even paused and my brain was still like 
pause, pause. There's the second half of the work. Like, they knew what they were doing with that title. Yes, yes, they did. Um, and like you mentioned earlier, South Park Snow Day is um, for pre-order with a March 26th launch date. So... One month. If you liked Fractured Butt Hole... <laughs> Was that long enough of a pause? Nope, was nope, it? Nope. The brain was like, she's <laughs> gonna finish. She's and there it is. Yep. <laughs> Butthole. <laughs> if you liked this one, you you're probably gonna like the next title too. They're they're doing a pretty good job. They they've got a solid, you know, ten batting average. So. And quick plug for Casa Bonita. Those of you who are South Park aficionados know the Casa Bonita episode. When I first moved to Colorado, I didn't know it was a real place. And then when I found out it was a real place and we went there, I didn't know that it was like 105% accurate to the actual like location. When you roll up, it is a giant pink facade in a strip mall with a big uh fountain out front like it is pulled like they just pulled it straight out of a picture and threw it in south park um trey stone and matt parker uh matt stone and trey parker the creators of south park actually bought castle bonita and like revamped it and reopened it last year so for those of you who are like i want to see south park in real life number one come visit colorado but don't stay we we have enough people here already number two check out castle bonita it's a lot of fun it's very enjoyable food. And you get to watch a guy chasing a gorilla around in some cliff divers. So that's cool. I I, I hope the food's better. The Sophia's were always great, but... Um, so that is an awkward segue into our next game. Uh, <laughs> Star Trek Bridge Crew. Uh, available on PlayStation, Virtual Reality, Oculus Quest, and Windows. Have you ever wanted to travel through space, fight aliens, and bravely rescue those in need? Do you have what it takes to command a crew of people who may mess around 50% of the time? If you answered yes to both of those, then you'll be perfect for the VR epic Star Trek Bridge Crew. Once again, published by Ubisoft, Star Trek Bridge Crew is the understandably critically acclaimed VR title that sees you and your friends man the bridge of a starship. Make it so. Star Trek Bridge Crew received generally positive reviews, according to the review aggregator Metacritic. Um, Eurogamer ranked it 42nd on their list of the top 50 games of 2017, while Games Radar Plus ranked at 25th on their list of 25 best games of 2017. It received 12 nominations combined in 2016, 17, and 18 uh, gaming awards platforms, winning one. Um, Metacritic scores, PC is 78 out of 100, so it's really like, you know, hanging on with its fingernails to that 80% mark. Uh, and PS4 is 75 uh, out of a hundred, out of a thousand, out of a hundred. Um, I am a Trekkie. Uh, I, I am actually one of those um, uh, rebels where I am both a Trekkie 
and a Star Wars fan. So, um, I loved all the shows, loved all the movies. You know, I watched it way back, you know, in the day of What's-His-Face, like, you know, what was his name? What's Mr. his face? Mr. Mr. Amorous towards every single alien race ever. Exactly. Captain Kirk. Oh James my gosh. Tiberius Kirk. Yes, 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 yeah. Way back then, I I plead early dementia. Uh, sorry about that. And everybody's like, she's now a liar because she could just call herself a Trekkie and she couldn't think of Captain Kirk. Hey, anyway. Um, but honestly, I mean, I think space games in general kind of fall flat with me. So I'm kind of like, eh, uh, like, okay. Um, it reminded me a bit of a, there was a, a space traveler game that released, I don't know, maybe 12 years ago that everybody was crazy about where you can like mod your own spaceship and stuff like that. I cannot for the life of me remember the name. Um, and they thought it was great. And I was just like, this boring. Are you talking about so, Elite Dangerous? Yes, yes. That, it was boring. Um, so I probably won't try this game. I don't know. What'd you What'd you think? I played it. I played it on PSVR. I I played it with some <laughs> with some buddies. I am also a Trekkie and a Star Wars fan. However, Battlestar Galactica trumps both. And I also love Babylon 5, and I love Farscape. But anyways, going back to Bridge Crew, um, I was that kid that, like, on the bus in middle school and, like, my early years of high school, like, I grew up on Next Generation and then Voyager. Like, those were mine and Deep Space Nine. So, like, I would have my, like, notepad on the bus, and I'd be on the bus, like, drawing my own, like, starships and like naming them and giving them little like salvos and i would list stuff out like i i was that kid that like created my own federation on a notepad like i loved this and so when bridge crew came out i was thinking about getting a psvr i bought a psvr i played wipeout on it it was amazing i played fire team you know bravo i played um eve valkyrie i loved eve valkyrie but it made me want to throw up and then my buddy was like hey I like Star Trek. If I buy you a copy of Bridge Crew, will you play it with me? And I was like, heck yeah! Like, put me on the bridge of a star of a Federation starship. And it was fantastic. But yeah, I mean, you kind of had to be in the mood for it. You can't just be like, let's be tactical. Like, being a military, ve- <laughs> being a military veteran, like, I am not that type of person that, like, lives military veteran. Like, I am one. I'm proud to be one. But, like, I don't talk military. I don't, like, go do airsoft. I I love that kind of stuff, but, like, I don't live and breathe it. So, like, I love Star Trek, but I don't live and breathe it. So there was a point where I was like, I just want to fart around. Like, I just want to fool around. Let's go play, like, another game where it's not as serious. Like, ugh. Like, and because you're in VR, like, you look around and you see the whole, like, bridge. And you're like, I can't, like, I want to, I want to, I want to mess around. I let's go do something else and it's a ton of fun and you can immerse yourself in it but it's still star trek and you know it's like okay like yes the choices i make affect on the view screen but like 
it's it's not like an Eve Online. It's not like an Elite Dangerous. You know, it's not like even like a No Man's Sky where stuff is happening. You know, they have a VR and stuff, you know, VR version and stuff is happening in front of your face. Um, and I know we don't cover many VR titles. Uh, we we don't play a lot of VR titles, but this was one that it, it was really good. I mean, it it won awards. It got nominated multiple years because it kept coming back with like fresh content with DLC, like you know. So for those of you who have a PSVR 2 um, or you have, you know, an Oculus Quest, you want to check it out, catch it on a sale, you know, check it out. Especially those of you who like sci-fi genre and like Star Wars, or I'm sorry, Star Trek. Please don't kill me for screwing that up. Um, if you like both, you know, give it a shot. Uh, we'll circle back to my opinion on VR um, later on in the episode when we... When we talk about i do have a general general opinion on it um which may have affected my overall take on starbridge star trek bridge crew and you almost did it too you almost did it i too. know i'll i have you beat though i watch buck rogers so i was i was flash gordon so you can you can have buck rogers yeah. but Anyways, yeah, so we were talking about Star Trek, we were talking about Star Wars. It's a great segue into the monster that is the Lego universe. Multiple platforms, multiple console generations, over 20 officially licensed Lego games between 2001 and 2023. Not counting the unlicensed Lego titles, which have, there are at least 35 of them dating back to 1995. They retell the story of some legendary movies from Lego Star Wars to Lego Harry Potter. Perfect for all ages, each game features compelling storylines and popular characters in a virtual Lego world. I will cover one, I will throw it to you, and you will just like talk about your favorite one. So the newest launch title that wasn't Lego Fortnite, because we don't talk about Fortnite here except in a very specific episode if you go back about five or six. Lego Fortnite released, not going to cover it. I'm going to talk about Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, the most newest Lego title you can get on Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series S and X. It was released two years ago in 2022. It is the sixth installment of the Lego Star Wars video game series. The game adapts all nine entries in the Skywalker Saga series of films which with additional characters based on other Star Wars films and television series released as DLC. Unlike most LEGO video games in which players have to advance through the story in a linear order, players can choose to start the game from any of the three Skywalker Saga trilogies and can beat them in any order they wish. All nine episodes of the Skywalker Saga are represented in the game in comparison to the first six episodes represented in LEGO Star Wars The Complete Saga released in 2007. Each episode contains five main story missions totaling 45 levels as opposed to six levels in previous games. There are also short pre-levels between the five main levels that advance the story forward but do not feature collectibles. Combat has been revamped from previous titles, such as lightsaber wielders now using a variety of combos with light attacks, heavy attacks, and force moves, and blaster characters having an over-the-shoulder camera. The game features 380 playable characters, not necessarily restricted to the nine Skywalker Saga films. It got rave reviews, as is with most all LEGO titles, 
it had replayability, it had hours upon hours of fun, and for people who love Star Wars and aren't elitist pricks that talk about the Skywalker saga, the, the sequels being trash, they're not, get over it, it was a great, complete game. And as a father, and as a big kid myself, I loved playing it. But it's only one in a series of a bunch of LEGO games. I mean, you want to talk about the granddaddy of them all in terms of, like, success? Granted, LEGO was first, like, mini, mini bricks that got turned into video games, that got turned into movies, that got turned back into video like. Lego is like this spider web of just epic awesomeness. And there were a bunch of titles that got released, you know, in the last like 10 years that are just as amazing. I, you know what, whenever, whenever people come in um, and they are looking for a game recommendation, um, particularly for the Switch, um, obviously, you know, Mario is kind of anything Mario is going to uh, be a win. But the next thing is I always follow up with anything Lego. It's, they're just fun games. It's, you know, people have asked me, like, what makes them so fun? I'm like, well, they're Lego, first of all. <laughs> they just do a really good job of putting out enjoyable, fun, engaging games. No, it's not going to be some great, deep, you know, story, whatever. It's Lego. Get over it. <laughs> it doesn't have to always be like some like you know deeper experience or whatever. They just they do they historically put out great game after great game after great game. And I have turned I countless naysayers and doubters into um, Lego fan kids. Fan women, fan men, whatever, you know, fan days. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I can't say enough about like just how well this franchise has translated into the video game era. Um, as like I said, it's particularly for Switch. I I don't know what it is about the appeal for me. Um, I that's my favorite platform to play Legos. It truly does. It fits that Lego appeal. You know, I for those of you who have been listening the last couple of episodes, I've been making my way through a game. Uh, you know, the story of Super Mario and how it essentially Mario saved Nintendo. It was the first castle he saved was Nintendo back in the eighties because they were fledgling. So, like, I grew up on Nintendo. You know, for those of you watching watching the YouTube VODs, I have a Super Nintendo. I have a Nintendo. You can see it. I have a Nintendo 64. Like, I'm a Nintendo kid. You know, I, I did have a Sega Genesis. Like, I, I got big on, on Sony. Like I said, I am a PlayStation fanboy. I love PlayStation. But I'm really just a, a, a video game aficionado. And so, like, I have owned every Nintendo console. And... Having Lego on the Switch where I can just, you know, take it anywhere with me and, you know, just play Lego. And like you said, like the story, it, it's not as in-depth as like a Witcher or even like a Grand Theft Auto V. You know, it just, it's the Lego, Lego-fied version of 
a movie or a show, you know, like a Harry Potter or an Indiana Jones or even like a Marvel or a DC game, like, you know, but it's got that Lego charm and that Lego appeal. Like, there's no blood, you know, people pop out little mini Lego pieces. Like, you can switch, you can find new heads, you can find new bodies. Like, you know, it, there's Easter eggs everywhere. There's little secret things. Like, you can spend hours upon hours trying to be a completionist in these Lego titles. Spend thousands of hours in all of these titles. Like I said, there's over 20 officially licensed titles in the last 22 years. So, you know, starting with Lego Harry Potter in 2001. Like, fans of Lego, fans of movies, fans of video games, they're fantastic games. And the newest one, the Skywalker Saga, is a great game great value and i mean it just carries on and like the the humor that's in the games like you know it doesn't take itself too seriously it's a lego game like yeah but you know there's just so many to choose from which is why we saved it for last because it is like the epitome of games or you know getting turned from movies and tv series into video games that are successful titles i'm pretty sure i, I as far as i remember none of them really were reviewed negatively in any light. Some of them are, you know, less fun than others. But, like, Lego is, like, king when it comes to successful. And people who are diehard video gamers can play it. You know, young children can play it. You know, moms and dads can play it. Like, it's just... Lego is, like... It's just that universe that, like, you can just get lost in and not, you know, and have a lot of fun and remember why you like gaming in the first place. Absolutely. Uh, I have... I have, I'm sure they're out there and they may find this video. There may be that one person like, I think Lego games suck. But I have yet to have somebody come in and say, you know, eh, my kid tried it. They, it wasn't really for them. Like, it's just, it's, it's Lego. Like, it, I guess technically you can't say Legos. Just Lego. But... Right. No, you can pick up little Lego packs at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> <laughs> it's a you can't call them the Legos movie. Just Lego. Well, the the Lego lawyers in Denmark are gonna come for your head if you try and plural any any Lego <laughs> Lego. I build a Lego. <laughs> Lego my ego. Okay. <laughs> um, there is an exciting. Exciting announcement for all you tech junkies out there. Gundam Breaker 4, now available for pre-order. It's a hack and slash roguelike. Um, fourth, hey, to me, okay, this is like, this is like, this, is, this tells me this is going to be a really freaking good game. Forbes said, it's been announced but likely won't be very good. I'm like, that means it's going to be an amazing game. Um, you can actually, you'll be able to um, equip two different weapons, like from multiple weapons to choose from. And this creates unique combos that you can use in this roguelike game. Uh, there's a diorama mode. So just shut up and take my money right then and there. Or you can just do like pauses and like poses and, you know, like, you know, like fireballs and things and like, what isn't there to love about that? And it will have a full English dub. So I'm geeking out about it. Vertech, 
What do you think? Yes, that is me. Granted, Robotech, Macross, and Gundam are completely different They're products. Different. However, as you can tell, I am wearing my Gundam shirt, my Hello Kitty Gundam shirt. Like, I thought about wearing my other Gundam shirt. Like, I just love mech anime. Like, I have the full box set of the Robotech Macross Southern Cross series down here. Like, it's what my gamertag Veritech is based off of. Back Even before that, it was VF1 Veritech. Like, my troll accounts across all social media platforms is Rick Hunter or Roy Fokker. Like, I am, I am Mecha through and through. I love Gundam games. I love Gundam anime. I love Gun Gundam manga. I will say, <clears throat> you sent me the, the, the launch trailer, the, announce the announcement trailer, and the first, like, minute I was just like, uh, and then as, like, the action played out and, like, they explained more of the features, I was like, oh, this reminds me a lot of, like, Armored Core, like, the, the early Armored Cores, because I know Armored Core 6 just came out in the last few months, but, like, this, this reminded me of, like, PS2 Armored Core, like, okay, you can, like, mix and match pieces, you can make, like, show-specific, like, true to the series, um, you know, Gunplas, or you can make your own, like, custom. There's 11 different customizable options. And, like, there's dozens of combos of, for each of the 11 pieces of your gunpla. Like, I think I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's, it's made by Bandai Namco, which, you know, has made some masterpieces. They made some stinkers, and they made a bunch of stuff in between. And, uh, you know, I, I, think, I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. I don't think it's going to be a very popular, like widely played game i think you really are going to want to look for it it's something that you're going to want to be interested in like you're going to want to have an interest in anime or in uh gundam series I, I think it's a lot of fun based on the comments that were on the youtube uh launch or announced trailer there's a lot of people that are excited for it um i know you're excited for it i'm cautiously optimistic just because i have been burned by mecha games in the past um but i i'm looking forward to playing it i'm looking forward to trying it i know you and i are gonna we're gonna put some hours in and i think ultimately we're gonna have a lot of fun it will be released on uh playstation 5 uh and switch only so sorry microsoft yeah out sucks to um, be you microsoft fanboys <laughs> <laughs> that's probably me now with how much we talk about microsoft um, so there, there is that. Uh, but just watching the gameplay and stuff, I was just sat there and thought, I just, just release a Gundam MMORGP, please. Just like World of Warcraft with with Gundam, please. Or as they say in our family, Gundam. Gundam. And can we just, just can we just all collectively say how how cute it is that you constantly say RGP. Like it's RPG, <laughs> like, <laughs> yay! Like you said RGP it across. just flows. I get, you know, I just get super excited, and I, I, what is it? What is that? That's like, that's like excitement, verbal dyslexia. Like it's a thing. Yeah. It, it's a thing. I just want our 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 listeners to know. I I identify it. I'm going to just, every time you say it now, I'm going to say refer to episode 12. Like, I'm just referred to episode 12. So people can can know, like, we know what we're talking about. 
But I will say, I say RPG, but when I add in that MMO, I don't know. It it turns into it's, RGP. I don't it's know. It's too many letters. Too many letters for your mouth. I don't but know. I can't. I can't. I can't be expected to keep track of that. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, and, and it's it's going to be a good launch. It's going to be a good launch. Well, we don't have, like, a massive topic. You know, we're, we're right at our, our normal time. But we did have um, a couple questions in our mailbag. And so we'll, we wanted to take a few minutes and kind of just talk about it. The first one is going to be really quick and easy. Um, will you ever do a VR-focused episode? I'm going to say no, simply because, number one, we don't both have vr and number two, I don't think both of us are really all that interested in VR. I love it. Um, you know, it, it is very niche. Like, you have to be in the mood for VR. Some people really like it. Some people get really motion sickness. I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I got to have a fan when I play VR titles. Like, I got to have the air flowing and I make sure I'm hydrated because I do get motion sickness. But it is a lot of fun. I mean, I love playing EVE Online back in the day. It was Spreadsheet, sim spreadsheet Simulator. Like, it was a second job. I got into a corporation that was in a big alliance. I played PvP. Like, I played in NullSec. So, naturally, when EVE Valkyrie came out, I had to do my VR dogfights. But um, as far as a VR-focused episode, I don't think we're going to. Um, I, I know you said you had some thoughts on the, on the question. Um, so, the state of VR as it is, um, my, my general opinion is let it cook. It's not quite what I am looking for, I guess, when I think of, like, a VR experience. Um, you know, like... You know, we've we've talked about Sword Art Online and Ready Player One and, and like that really like fully immersive experience. Um, I don't know, it it it's kinda clunky and awkward to me right now. Um, and the titles don't just haven't really appealed to me in general. I think that there's opportunity there, but I also think um that AI and um is kind of the the more pressing like i think a lot of developers are really pushing that um development over vr um so it may it may be a while before we see what i'm i'm looking for nothing's really caught my attention except for beat saber because that's a lot of fun yeah i mean who yeah. doesn't want to do beat saber to kda like yep that's, if you uh, say you don't, you're a liar. Yeah, we all we all are <laughs> pop stars on this blessed day. Um, yeah, well, and I mean, the big VR titles are ones that like. I mean, you you come out and said you don't play FPSs, so like, you know, Fire Firewatch Zero or Fire Firewatch Zero, Bravo Team, those type of games. Like, you never really got into Walking Dead, so like, you know, Saints and Sinners, these Blood and Truth, like these shooters, these zombie games, you know like star trek bridge crew eve valkyrie like these titles why even like Wipeout, you know you're not huge into racing games so like getting into right. Wipeout and doing like the, the 360 racing like i enjoy it but i also see what you're saying like you know like even like the super hot where people were crazy about super hot back in the day and then they had it in vr like 
that was fun but even like i got a good amount of space in my basement and even like it was getting a little wonky when i was like trying to like dodge bullets and like throw guns and stuff it, like it wouldn't fully register right but then again that was also on psvr that was the early iteration of psvr um you know they were not my favorite controllers so i i guess we can talk about this this is our vr focused episode Ta-da! like you know you want to make a vignette about it there you go um, we might change our, our minds in the future you know like i said my dog is now dreaming um <laughs> your dog made an appearance at the beginning of the episode now mine's making an appearance um but uh yeah I, I don't know i don't know we might go back you know once once the pixel heart duo couple actually move in together we might get vr just because we are gaming nerds we've got to have we got to catch them all you know um, <laughs> console mon got to catch them all but yeah i don't know yeah it's 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 definitely someone's cup of tea maybe we'll we'll do like a vr focused episode and we'll have a special guest on or something i don't know um, we do have some friends that are big into vr so maybe they can we can just guide we can guide the discussion and they can just have at it i don't know we'll see let it cook let it cook, uh, <laughs> yeah. let it cook. the other the next question is um has the developer trend of releasing half-finished games killed the gaming public's expectations during early access slash beta periods of upcoming titles. I mean... Beta is beta, guys. Yeah. And gals. And early access. It's not a full game launch. Like, going on the PAL world subreddit and seeing, you know, I caught all 138 PALs. I, you know, I'm level 50. I did the... Now what? Like, I'm bored. It's like the developers are still developing the game like the people that go into like these open betas and like oh buggy heap of trash it's like it's a beta like they're bug testing to release the game and then these gaming companies they're like releasing these half-assed attempts of full games because they know people are going to pre-order them they're going to buy them and then they release dlc quote unquote that completes the games you know a year after release look at cyberpunk like it was a mm -hmm. heaping mess like it was a full release people were excited for it ps4 and xbox one users were having crashes and like video stuttering and it took them a full like six months to get the game playable for everybody and even then some people couldn't play like look at no man's sky like they released this huge title but it didn't get completed for like two years like mm -hmm. so then people they see early access they see beta they see tech alpha and they play these games and I'm like oh my god they suck oh it's broken oh they're they're cheaters and hackers everywhere and it's like you know and the power world devs actually came out you know we have talked about power world we went almost an entire episode without talking about it we're going to talk about <laughs> power world like the devs actually came out they pushed a patch uh earlier this week for PC users and the one for Xbox just went live today and they actually came out and said oops in our bug fix we unintentionally patched the ability to catch the bosses in the raid towers sorry about that like they knew th these developers are actively engaging with people like they knew yep it was an X point that people were doing but it's not harming the game in any way for you to catch you know the first tower boss like okay cool you can do that sweet like good on you for finding that oh man we're so sorry like in our bug fixes we patched that sorry like there are developers like 
you know, like Pocket Pair that are listening. That I'm, This game is in early access. These games that are in early access, not counting games like Star Citizen. I can't even say it with this, like, without contempt. Like, that game's been in early access for 12 years. Like, there are other titles. Like, it's not the full game. Like, it... Yeah. People have, like, expected early release... If a game gets put for you to play, it's been launched. And that's not the case. That never was the case before. I remember I was one of the you know original alpha testers for WoW. Like, I played Warcraft, Warcraft 2, Warcraft 3. Like, I got an invite by Blizzard. I played, you know, I played the alpha in April of 2004 before World of Warcraft was released in November. I, I knew the game was buggy. I knew we were bug testing. Like, there was a process for, for sending in bug reports. Like, and somewhere along the way, like, people just they took early releases in like alpha and beta tests as like this is the game and it's like that's that's not it at all so the question is asking who's at fault for this is it the developers dropping the ball and creating a discontent in the gaming community is it gamers our expectations being like way out of whack um, my answer is both. Um, I think developers have dropped the ball on full titles, like actual releases, um, and, you know, released crap games and then sold you a new DLC pack for $50, you know, three months later. I think that's BS. Um... But I have also seen where, like what you were saying, you know, the game's in beta. If it's in beta, that means it's not a live release. It's not, you know, it's not for public consumption yet. You're you're testing it. You're you. The point of beta is to break it, right, so that they can fix it. So. You can't get mad when there's bugs because that's that's the whole point of, you know, of a game being in early access slash beta. Power World is not a $30 game, and that's what you paid for access to it. So, like, when it comes, when it comes out in full, I would wager it's probably going to be a little bit more than $30. But, uh, but yeah. So, it's like... Both both sides are at fault, and it's um, and it's really created a toxic environment, overarching. Like gaming as a whole is fun, like it's an escape. But you know, you had developers that were releasing buggy games. People would still buy it and then voice their discontent. And you know, the whole quote, "Vote with vote with our wallets, don't pre-order." Well, the general public, if they get excited about a title, they're gonna pre-order. Developers then have the money; they're gonna release a game. Developers have shown, by and large right now, they're not interested in releasing a polished game. They're just interested in rushing to beat certain guidelines. Like, it's all about the almighty dollar. And I think it's also spinning these other toxic things of, like, live service games. Like, back in the day, you never had to log in online to play a single-player game. And now there are so many single-player games that you have to be online or it won't launch. And it's like this perpetually online for gaming. It's like, it's just this like, this rubber band ball of just problems. And it's like, 
I don't know how, like which came first, the chicken or the egg. Like I don't know what the chicken or the egg is in this scenario, but I think the gaming culture, gaming people, you know, enthusiasts, we're a spoiled bunch. Like we expect amazing things for our sixty dollars an hour, seventy dollars. Developers are going, but really, you're telling us that you'll pay for heaping piles of dung with your sixty or seventy dollars. And oops, yep, sorry, we'll bad our our reputation. Well, you know, we'll be tarnished. We'll take a hit. CD, CD Projekt Red, you know, went from The Witcher to Cyberpunk. And people were like, they would never. Well, they did. Bioware at one point was one of those darling developers. And then they released garbage. Like, Ubisoft was great. And then they got big. And they started releasing garbage. Like, even Blizzard got bought out by Activision, started releasing garbage. Like, I still remember the whole BlizzCon with, the, you know, people wanted a new Diablo title. So Diablo Immortal got announced, and it was a mobile only. And I still remember the developer standing up on when people were booing, and he said, what, don't you guys have phones? And it's like, tone deaf much? But he knew that people were going to drop money on this. Like, it's just this, like, cat chasing its tail. Like, when is it ever going to end? I, I don't know. But I think the trend of releasing half-finished games is awful. And I think the gaming public play into that and they get loud and vocal but at the end of the day they speak with their wallets not their mouse and their wallets are saying something completely different well it, it will be interesting to see and that's something else i brought up earlier in this episode is it, it will be interesting to see if developers start really leaning on ai to bridge that gap yeah i think they will yeah but yeah. Let's see. We shall see. Magic 8-Ball says. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think that about does it for this this episode 12 of Pixel Heart Duo. Uh, hopefully you heard a couple titles that you've never heard before that you want to give a shot. Um, hopefully we refreshed your memory with some of these Lego titles. Um, and hopefully we got you a little bit more excited about Gundabreaker 4 when it, when it releases in the next few months, you know, F, you know, TBD 2024. That can mean anywhere between, you know, March or beginning of next year, like if they push it back. So we'll have to see. But uh, you can tune in anywhere you get your podcast fixins. You can see our VODs on YouTube. We upload both the audio and the video on Fridays. We live stream on Twitch, Frickin' Fox LLC, on Wednesdays at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time. You can catch us on YouTube at Frickin' Fox. You can catch us anywhere you get your podcast listen-ins. Just search for Frickin' Fox or Pixel Heart Duo. I know for a fact we are the number one result when you type in Pixel Heart Duo on Spotify. Don't ask me how I know. I do not like listening to my own voice in the car. Um, I listen to other podcasts, but I did type it in just to see what would happen. So, any closing words before we wrap this up? MMORPG. Yes! I can say it. Yes! I can! I can and I will. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, for now... I am Frick. I am Fox. Game on, and we will catch you guys every week. Peace.